One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Courtneyak. And we are in Thunder. Thunder. Uh, what's it called? Thunderstormville. Thunderdome. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Halloween season. It's, <laughs> I brought in a rain machine. <laughs> I have my intense. fog machine going here, but I just can't see it. Yeah. Sadie didn't think that through very nope. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Courtney's night. It is. And tell I think us this a story. I'm going to tell you a story, a very, very, very upsetting story, very upsetting story. So huge trigger warning for rape, incest, child sexual abuse, and suicide. Mm. Legit, you guys, if any of those things trigger you or bother you, skip on over this one because it's all about it because this is the children of god murder suicide. oh my god i almost i've thought about doing this one a thousand times and just could not do it yes i was inspired to do this case after recently watching the children of the cult docuseries on discovery plus which i mm-hmm. highly recommend as it does an excellent job of telling the survivor stories through first person accounts and really lays out the details of the cult's practices and abuses. Good. I'm excited to hear about it because I've also thought about watching that documentary and can't do oh, it. Oh, it's <laughs> really good. But yeah, be careful what you wish for. Like this cult, I've always been, you know, it's fascinating because it's so fucked up, but you really have to be careful what you wish for because, mm, man, it's yeah. terrible. So. So, so far beyond. I mean, maybe one of the worst things I've ever heard about in my life. So here we go. Yay. The Children of God cult, which was later renamed The Family and is currently called The Family International, was founded in Huntington Beach, California in 1968 by David Berg. Wait for that tsunami. Berg used his teenage children to help recruit other young people, mostly runaways and hippies, who were enticed by their message of love. Quote, Berg's church melded worship of Jesus Christ with 60s era free love and preached a fairly standard cult leader prophecy. The apocalypse was coming and soon. And this is the 70s? 60s, 68. 60s, 68. Yes. Okay. Yep. And he thought the world was going to end in 93 or 94. Oh, cool. Yep. Didn't. Did not. Just in case. <laughs> oh, it didn't? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. 
One of the ways that the group gained new members was through, quote, flirty fishing, which entailed female followers who were referred to as God's whores or hookers for Jesus, having sex with men outside of the group to encourage them to join, and it worked. Shocker. Mm -hmm. At its height, the Children of God boasted 15,000 members and an estimated 1,400 communes around the world. As many of you probably know, Joaquin and River Phoenix were born into the Children of God, and Joaquin claimed that flirting... And Joaquin claimed that the flirty fishing tactic was actually what led to his parents leaving the group. Quote, they got some letter or however it came, some suggestion of that, he said, and they were like, fuck this, we're out of here. Rose McGowan's parents were also members of the group and left when she was a child. People were drawn in by their desire to live a Christian life, the overwhelming love bombing they received upon meeting the group, and the overwhelming number of people who were joining. There's no doubt that the free love philosophy also had a massive draw. The group marketed themselves as a missionary organization who was spreading the word of God's love, but behind the scenes, the truth was much, 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 much darker. I mean, we've said this every time we've ever covered a cult, but like, I just want the groovy sex cult. Like, but, you know, like this. <sighs> yeah. Yes. It's not just, hurt each other. No. Consensual. Right. Chill. Everybody wants community. Yeah. Can we like, just stop it right there? Nope. No. Because personality disorders. Mm-hmm. David Berg preached what he called the law of love, which meant that, quote, God was love and love was sex, so there should be no limits regardless of age or relationship. No. Yep. And so the practices of the group were a little free and kinky to start and slowly ramped up to justify full-blown rape and child molestation over the years. Quote, it actively encouraged sexual activities among minors as young as two or three years old. A previous member of the cult named Verity Carter said, quote, it became hell on earth for anyone born into it. She said, it happened a step at a time, and many of the adults did not see how extreme it had got until it was too late. A lot of parents did leave and take their kids out. That's Somebody else who was in the cult compared it to the frog in the boiling pot of water. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, by the time we all realized what was happening, we were boiling. It was insane. Oh, God. Quote, the law of love is a doctrine that's meant to justify and conceal sexual exploitation. Another previous member named Michael Young said, quote, it's made to make other people feel obligated to give up their bodies to others' so-called sexual needs. That your body is not your own. You're supposed to give it up to God. Quote, Berg discouraged members from working and sending their children to school, according to interviews with 10 former members who were born into the group. The children of God were to eschew the world. Members lived in large communes, typically with four or five families under one roof, as they waited for the impending apocalypse. Berg published illustrated literature to encourage his law of love among the group's members, which said things like, quote, the devil hates sex, but God loves it. Mm. And that they should have, quote, sex before the fall, paired mm. with explicit images. Like before the fall of the world? I think so, yeah. Ugh. I mean, maybe autumn, but I do think it was before the end. Wives were shared among families. And there was even a daily sharing schedule that outlined which women was scheduled to be shared with which men and on which day. 
Mm-mm. It included teenagers. Mm-mm. As I mentioned before, the law of love didn't just apply to the adults in the group. Unfortunately, members were encouraged to talk about and engage in sex openly in front of their children. Every account I've heard from every child who grew up in the cult has countless memories of sex being around them at all times. They witnessed their parents and other adults engaging in sex and orgies, and unfortunately the children's exposure didn't end at simply witnessing the overt sexuality, which is more than enough to damage a child. The children were encouraged to have sex with each other, and it was taught that it was also okay for the adults to have sex with the children. In fact, it was openly encouraged. Mm. If you're still with me, it's about to get a lot worse. (laughs) I've had enough. Yeah. Second trigger warning. It's going to get really bad. Berg's closest wife was named Karen Zerby. Karen helped Berg come up with flirty fishing, and on one trip alone, she fished 18 different men, and Karen became pregnant with her son Ricky on one of her fishing trips. Berg wanted an heir to his kingdom of horrors and so adopted Ricky and set his sights on molding the young boy in his gruesome image. He also decided that Ricky would be his poster boy for encouraging sexual exploration with and between children. Thousands of children in the group have likely suffered extreme sexual, mental, and physical abuse at the hands of the cult members, and Ricky's story is the perfect illustration of what that looked like. Ricky was raised by a group of women who also raised a girl named Davida, who wasn't his blood relative, but he considered her his sister. Davida remembers everything in her young life revolving around religion and sex, and that the expectation was that she and Ricky would eventually get married and take over the cult. The two were encouraged to have sexual interactions with each other, and also shared the cult leader's bed. When Davida was just five years old, she was informed that she was going to become one of Berg's brides, and they had a ring ceremony to formalize the pairing. I'm sorry, you said... Okay. Five. She was five. Davida said the only time she was allowed to watch cartoons was when it was time to have, quote, loving interaction with Grandpa. No, no, Yes. She's like, I weirdly kind of looked forward to it because we had chocolate and cartoons and then sexy time. Yeah. She says the abuse wasn't penetrative until she was around 12 and that during sex, Berg would oftentimes claim he was being inhabited by a ghost who was in heaven and would speak in tongues. Oh, God. She also recalls Ricky being forced to have sexual intercourse with the older woman in the cult from an extremely young age, and this has been confirmed by countless members of the group. River Phoenix reported that he has memories of having sex with older women when he was just four years old, and it's widely reported that it was a common practice for many of the women to have sex with the very young boys. And... Trigger warning for watching the documentary. I'm leaving out tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of details. Well, I'm not, I can't watch it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And yeah. Anyway, we can talk about it at the end, but this 15,000 people, 15,000 people let this happen. 
The most damning and downright horrifying example of this widespread abuse is the creation and distribution of the story of Davidito. The story of Davidito is a book that was printed by the cult and was essentially a manifesto that outlined potty training, discipline, and sex with children. Karen Zerbe wrote the book and directed Ricky and Davida to participate in sex acts that she chronicled for the manual. She also outlined her own sexual encounters with her son and encouraged other families to follow in her footsteps in raising their children. I just... what I... Okay, like, I get pedophiles just figuring out how to... Right. You know, yeah. like, have Access what they want. materials or whatever. Yes. What I cannot understand yep. is the repulsion that most of us feel t- towards children sexually. Like, how yep. do you turn that around? I mean, just brainwashing? Is it's that possible? pure brainwashing. I mean, obviously, yes. And that's what they said. They were like, this is... They said that David Berg's mother was very sexually repressive and at one point caught him masturbating and like brought out a bowl and a knife and was like, I'm going to cut your penis off because you're disgusting. Yep. And so he was like, I don't want children to grow up with the sexual repression and revulsion and shame that I grew up with. Sure. So his (laughs) way of justifying it. Yeah. His way of justifying it. And obviously he wanted to have sex with children, Mm, you know, right. Clearly. He had sex with all of his grandkids, you know, everybody. Ugh, God. Yeah. But he was, like, his justification was that it was good for them because it's natural. Normalizing it or whatever. Correct. And, right. you know, God likes it. This is what God wants. God created sex. It's not bad. The devil thinks it's bad, but God thinks it's good. And people just became indoctrinated. And I think a lot of people in the documentary, there's a lot of people who were in the cult around this time when the abuse was the most prevalent. And a lot of them were not aware of it. And I don't think it was every commune, you know, mm-hmm. where it was as like the group, I talk about this a little bit, but in Greece, it was very prevalent. Um, wherever Berg was, it was always very prevalent. There were leaders of different communes who were like, hooray, I'm a pedophile. This is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And so there were definitely people who weren't aware and were like devastated when they found out later. They mm-hmm. just thought they were being like groovy Jesus hippies. Mm-hmm. But still, there's a fucking book. They published a book and distributed it widely among the cult. So, right. It was clear that this was happening in some yes. form or another. Oh, yeah. And in the book, it's the picture of the children. I mean, it's very clear what they're talking about. And it talks about, and again, I don't want to go into the details because it's disgusting, but it's explicit. It's not just, you know, cuddle with mom. I mean, it goes into detail about what to do and when and how and everything. <sighs> yeah. Yep. God. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, by the 1980s, Berg was on the radar of Interpol and was suspected of pimping, among other things, but we'll start there. And where are, where's Berg? Uh, he, they moved around, so that's the okay. thing. All of them moved around all the time, which is another reason that this is such a crazy fucking di- diabolical crime that was being committed over and over and over Nobody again. Nobody could ever c- catch them. Bingo. And if they did, and we'll talk about this more too, who has jurisdiction? Mm-hmm. You know, your cult leader molested you in five different countries, let mm-hmm. alone like states. So, ugh, it's so fucking up. <laughs> 
And I'm sorry, you guys, to tell this story, but this is a story that needs to be told again and again and again until everybody who is responsible is in fucking prison for the rest of their lives. Until we can stop brainwashing people into believing having sex with children is okay. There, that too. Yes, yes. Berg commanded that his female members send him videos of themselves dancing seductively and stripping to keep him company while in isolation, and that included his very young members. So he's in isolation to avoid Interpol? Correct. Okay. And at that point, they said that the like Karen, uh, Davida, Berg, and Ricky were sort of the four of them were in major isolation. I think the other wives were in there with them, but they weren't spending time with the other commune members okay. and people outside of like Berg's wives and their, his immediate family. Are Ricky and Davida still children? Um, bigger. They're bigger. Okay. Yeah. There is a video of a six-year-old girl named Celeste Jones, who is one of the major characters in the Discovery docuseries, doing a seductive striptease and says she was told she was dancing for Jesus. Six. Six years old. Mm-mm. And you can see it. It's available. No. <laughs> yep. Celeste lived on a compound in Greece, which was led by a man named Paul Peliquin, who was a devotee of the story of Davidito and followed its teachings closely. The children who grew up on the commune in Greece described growing up in what was essentially a pedophile ring, and the abuse was constant. Meanwhile, Ricky's abuse reached new levels when he was about 12, and Davida alleges that he was forced to have full sexual intercourse with his mother while in bed with Davida and Berg. Mm. The cult denies these allegations, but Ricky's words and actions as an adult lean toward this being true. Berg finally banned sex with children in 1986 after raids of his Australian compounds based on allegations of abuse. And those raids didn't actually pan out, which is so fucked up. They took away hundreds of children and then they all, the cases just all sort of fell apart. And I think a lot of it was the brainwashing and like the kids weren't willing to say what was going on, but very quickly, like they took the kids away and then really soon after gave them all back. But it freaked him out, so he banned sex with children. And they made part of the deal with giving these children back was that they had to write a new, like, redefine their fucking bylaws of their communes and explicitly say that, yes, I swear, I swear. That should be enough. You just take that and read it, and then you say, okay, everybody in jail now. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know if it if it's said in the, I mean, fuck, there's books and literature, but I don't know if they had like official bylaws that said it was okay. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So Berg died in 1994 and Karen Zerby took over the cult at that point. So his she, world ended. He predicted that it would. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe he was onto something. She claims the cult's pedophilic ways are behind them, but has not been held accountable for her actions as one of the heads of the organization during the time that the abuse was rampant. How is that possible? I know. We'll we'll get to that more, but yeah. So Ricky met Alexia Manuel, who would later become his wife, at a compound in Hungary when he was 19. The two played cards and talked until two in the morning, and Alexia found a rose on her bed when she returned from breakfast the next day. Alexia moved in with Ricky and Karen Zerby in their compound in Portugal, 
and Karen kept a tight rein on Ricky at the time as she was going blind and spending more time in isolation. Celeste, who I mentioned before, the, the six-year-old that did the striptease, mm-hmm. she lived with them at the time and said that Karen was very overbearing and told Ricky what to say, what to wear, and what to do, and didn't show him any autonomy or respect now as a grown man. Celeste also reported that, even though sex with children had been banned, wife swapping was still alive and well, and the compound was referred to as the, quote, house of the open pussy. (laughs) No. Yeah. And that was extended to Alexia and Ricky, who were a couple by then. The abuses finally became too much for Ricky, and he became increasingly more angry at his mother and refused to give in to her demands. And in 2000, Ricky and Alexia left the cult and the country and headed off on their own without any money, formal education, or a place to go. To get it. I just just think about them, like, getting on the bus or whatever. Like, oh my god. Feeling probably so unbelievably scared out of their minds. Seriously, and relieved and more scared. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Ricky's mm-hmm. physical demeanor changes over the years, but as a, he was just such a like smiley, cute, sort of goofy looking kid, and I just mm-hmm. oh my god. So they made their way to Tacoma, Washington, where some other ex cult members lived, and found a cheap apartment where they began their new life as free people for the first time. Alexia said that having choices for the first time in their lives was amazing. And even though their life was extremely modest, it was all theirs, and they were happy. Alexia said that when the subject of their past came up, Ricky would exhibit an anger that she had never seen before, and he simply didn't know how to express the rage and pain he carried around with him. The couple got married and found work for a while, were pretty happy and working to settle into a normal life. Over time, though, ex-cult members started to reach out to Ricky and put pressure on him to speak out and take a stand against their abusers from the cult. Ricky had been raised to be a leader in the cult. Everyone knew him. Like, he was a rock star, Mm -hmm. you know? They didn't have outside television or anything. And they had, like, a singing television show that they would do, like, music videos and stuff. And so those kids were super famous. Ricky was, like, the most famous of the kids because he was... Going to be the... Yeah. He's the heir to all of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Ricky had been raised to be a leader in the cult. Everyone knew him, like I said, and he had a hard time denying his role, even in the outside world. The other members said that he was more likely to be believed since he'd spent his whole life with the leaders and that he owed it to them to take down the people who had so severely abused them for so many years. Ricky internalized their pleas and began to feel extremely guilty that he was living a happy and somewhat normal life and thought that he could maybe move on when others so clearly couldn't. No, Ricky, you can. It's okay. (laughs) No, I can't. I can't imagine. The guilt and sense of duty eventually became so great, he started to form a plan and decided that his reason for living was to right his mother's wrongs. baby boy. (sighs) So in the summer of 2004, Ricky left Alexia in Tacoma and drove to Arizona to try to track down his mother and confront her over the years of abuse that he and so many others had suffered as a direct result of her words and actions. When he left the cult, he'd cut off all ties with her and her whereabouts were a closely guarded secret, so his plan would be a difficult one. 
He learned that Karen had recently visited her parents in a Tucson retirement home, and so he moved nearby in September of 2004 to wait for her to appear. He reached out to his aunt, his mother's sister, who lived nearby and had long ago shunned the cult. His aunt and uncle were very supportive of his pain and anger and encouraged his bravery in leaving the cult and not turning to drugs and trying to find a new path for himself. He expressed that it was becoming increasingly harder and harder for him to go on as the anguish of his past and the magnitude of the abuse suffered by so many others really began to catch up with him. Ricky found a job, practiced martial arts, and joined a local gun club to bide his time while he waited for his mother to appear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm watching his uncle, like, just tears rolling down his cheeks talking about it. It makes me tear up. So fucking sad. Mmm. So in January of 2005, Ricky recorded an hour-long video where he outlined his abuse, how much pain he was in, how much he hated his mother and what she'd done to him, and how he planned to hunt her down and kill her. And if you look up Ricky Rodriguez, Children of God, you can find the video. It's on YouTube. It's kind of worth a watch. I mean, it's definitely worth a watch just to see his Mm -hmm. anguish, you know? He said he had a need for revenge and justice because he could no longer go on with so much pain and rage in his heart. He also talked about killing himself, saying that if the pain had just gotten a little better or more bearable, he wouldn't, but that every day it was getting a little worse. It just breaks my heart. Yeah, no. It's like, if it got a little better, right? this is like a little bit more bearable, I could Ugh. do it. EMDR. If anyone's suffering from Seriously. complex post-traumatic stress, EMDR. Tomorrow, I will help you find somebody. I was just like screaming because that wasn't a thing. And I was like, oh my God. After he recorded the video, he got in his car and started driving and called Alexia and told her he was afraid of dying. She told him that she believed in angels and that when he died, he would feel love that he never got to experience in this world. She said that during multiple points in the conversation, he said he was going to pull over and kill himself. She said she thought he'd been up for two days at that point, and he started mumbling about how tired he was and that he was tired of thinking, and then he told her he needed to go and hung up. Mm. On January 9th, Ricky's body was found in his parked car, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Body. They found a key card to a Holiday Inn Express among Ricky's things, and after searching the hotel room, they determined that he had taken a shower, drank a few beers, and then drove to a nearby isolated area to end his tortured life. When police spoke to an acquaintance of Ricky's, they learned that Ricky had made statements before his death that alluded to the fact that there might be another victim, and that victim would be in Ricky's apartment. They searched Ricky's apartment and found an elderly woman dead on the carpet, and it appeared that her throat had been slashed. The dead woman wasn't Ricky's mother, however, as he'd never been able to track her down to enact his revenge. The woman was Angela Smith, Karen Zerby's closest confidant, and Ricky's childhood nanny. She was also a major character in the story of Davidito and the tale of Ricky's abuse, and was presented under the pseudonym Sue. Ricky had asked Angela over to his apartment on January 8th and planned to force her to reveal his mother's whereabouts. 
He had prepared a drill covered in padding and duct tape to try to silence it so that the sound wouldn't carry through the apartment complex. A as drill. well, a drill. Yeah, drill. Yeah. Oh, Lord. As well as a soldering iron and some barbecue tools. Oh and my it's God. Yeah. It's clear from the statements in the video he recorded that he planned to torture Angela with them until she gave him the location where he would find his mother. Uh, and he shows them in the video. He like walks them through. He's and he's like, I don't want. I don't know. I don't know anything about torture, but I have to do what I have to do. And then he's like, just gets super defeated. And he's like, I don't want to fucking do this. You know. Uh, he's like, God, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to have to be doing this. Yeah. Alexia said that during Ricky's final call with her, he said that the hardest part was that Angela hadn't understood what she'd done. She didn't comprehend that what the cult had done was wrong and the magnitude of their abuses. He said that he hadn't been expecting that answer and couldn't understand how they couldn't see what they had done. There were no signs of torture and no one knows if Angela was able to provide Karen's whereabouts before she died. I'm assuming not. Right. He, no. He would have gone to her, so... Yeah, and I'm assuming that she said, I don't know what you're talking about. You had everything, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he flew into a rage and Mm -hmm. killed her. Mm -hmm. Davida has understandably struggled with drug abuse throughout her life and currently makes her living as an exotic dancer. She said that the abuses they suffered as children really do make you want to kill your parents when you grow up. She understands Ricky's motives more than anyone and wasn't at all surprised by his actions. And she spares no words when no. talking about it. No. She's like, yeah, yep, yeah, yes, I want to kill my parents. Yes, we all want to kill our parents. What they did to us is unforgivable. Yes. In March of 2005, Ricky's friends gathered in San Diego to memorialize their tortured friend. Many of them had also been raised in the cult, and one said, quote, The circumstances of Ricky's passing are very tragic and very uncharacteristic of Ricky as a person. Ricky would want this memorial, his memorial, to be a celebration of life, not a celebration of death, a celebration of love. They released doves in memory of Ricky, but also in memory of the other members of the cult who took their own lives or died as a result of other abuses like River Phoenix. And that list is long. Around 30 people, to be exact. Mm. Mm-hmm. In 2017, Verity Carter's father was sentenced to three years probation and was placed on the sex offenders registry in Scotland after she reported him for years of sexual abuse. Then in 2020, after a grueling five-year investigation, Derek Lincoln, who was one of the heads of one of the sects, Mm-hmm. was sentenced to 11 and a half years in prison for the sustained sexual abuse of two girls. 11 years. 11 and yep. a half years. Yeah. But so that's a part of the docuseries. And Hope is the name of the girl who he abused. And you get to see her get the news. And she is so fucking happy. Good. <laughs> She's like, he took 12 years. He gets 12 years. She's like, this is great news. But it was just so hard. I guess I'm assuming they don't have a statute of limitations on rape or child abuse mm-hmm. in Scotland. So I think that's one of the reasons they were able to prosecute. But it's been a very, you know, an extended amount of time, which is another part of the problem that these now adults are having in trying to get justice for the crimes because so many countries have a statute of limitations on it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, all the things that we talked about 
before, like the fact that they moved around constantly and there's no jurisdiction. And it's also, you know, they didn't, they didn't know where they were. And so the detective who did the investigation for that case, he said it was literally the hardest case in his entire career. No, I can't imagine. Yeah. Because she was like, you know, I was nine in a camping caravan in like blah 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 you know and so in the woods would, seriously <laughs> yeah. and they were you know he would she's like there was a fire a church that burnt down i remember a church and so he would go back through all the historical records of the area oh my god i know we we talk a lot of shit about police but this guy fucking hip hip hooray like he and you can see you can see like the anguish and just like the heaviness of the gravity of what these fucking kids went through mm-hmm. he was like you know, I think he would have spent the rest of his career working on it if he had to, but ugh. So my greatest hope is that this is just the beginning and that we'll hear more and more cases of similar justice play out around the world for the thousands of victims of this heartless and predatory cult. No, man. No. Oh. I didn't think I'd get so emotional, but fuck, man. No. Mm-hmm. No, dude. Just, yep. That's not okay. I'm not okay. No. I don't think anybody's okay after that one, right, guys? No. If you're still here, just lost every follower. <laughs> no, that's I it's okay. That's okay. Go, goodbye. <laughs> uh so there's it's still around? The cult is yes. still around. Yes. And strong. Still long around cool. and strong. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Yeah, I think in like twenty ten there were fourteen hundred communes worldwide oh my god yep yep yeah oh. and you know they claim that they're not abusing children anymore uh, but yeah you know no that fuck some no people have like held on to that of tradition yeah just like yep. in a normal where it's just bad there's still you know what i mean like in normal society there's plenty of children getting abused like let alone yes. this where place the, the, where it's justified it's founded on Yep. abusing children and everyone around you is like yeah it's good it's definitely good and oh you God. should do it not only should you do it we're gonna sort of mandate it and send out literature and command <sighs> you to do it God. yeah yeah it's so oh. much worse i mean because you know, we've all heard about the children of god for all these years starting with river phoenix and like murmurs about it being you know a sex cult and sex abuse and stuff but i had no idea the depths of it none yep it's fucking i'm i'm very upset staggering yeah absolutely staggering yep oh boy yep how do you produce literature they have literature and like nobody intervened and nobody well that's not entirely true because the BBC started to pay attention to them at one point, and like Celeste's sister and mother had left, and then they came back and they were trying to get her out of there. And they were interviewing Celeste, and she was probably thirteen-ish, and she was just towing the line, you know. She was right. just saying what everyone told her to say, and you know, feeling super excited that she was like getting all the attention and getting the opportunity to protect the cult and. Um, so I think that there were probably plenty of attempts at intervention, but the brainwashing was so thorough 
And the constant moving around mm-hmm. is even more isolating and on and on and on. So yep. if like, you were a victim of that bullshit, I am endlessly, endlessly, endlessly sorry. Seriously, man. I just, it's it, My mind is blown. I just can't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the that capability to be monsters and it's like when you hear something like that you're like that's not even monstrous that's like genocide of a generation of children's fucking spirits you know it's so far beyond like comprehension what they did yeah no i don't i feel like i'm speechless i really just don't i I can't it's just it's too upsetting yep yep agree i agree so i don't know i don't really feel like doing names today (laughs) yeah yeah Um, probably not names we could do like a little check-in maybe just yeah how's life yeah maybe people won't care well um uh i did watch another religious documentary (laughs) (laughs) that Um, i can uh recommend to everyone the way down oh on HBO Max, it's about the like weight loss church. <laughs> oh, it's so good! Okay. Very highly recommend I'm it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I got stuck on a TikTok channel about a woman who I don't know what I think she's maybe just like a dietitian or a just is interested in like she's a plus size woman and wants to encourage plus size people to be happy in their bodies. Toward this yeah. sort of TikTok, but she was talking about the Biggest Loser. Oh man! And it, I just oh my god! I, it was like an all day rabbit hole of learning oh, about man. all of the Biggest Loser ins and outs. And one of the winners lost sixty six zero percent of her body fat. Oh my god! And so she's like, you know, two hundred fifty pounds to start, and by the end she looks anorexic. I mean, just oh like god. literal skeleton. At by the end of the sh- when the just the season, she oh, lost no. 60% of her body weight. Oh my god. How is she okay? Well, they don't know she's uh, scrubbed her social media. <gasps> oh no. Yeah. God, we are so awful. That fucking mm-hmm. show. Oh my god. The yeah. Swan. Remember that? Yes. Show? Like the Yes. For those of you who are too young, you didn't grow up in the 90s. It's a Show where they just gave people full body plastic, plastic surgery. surgery. Yes. The idea being like you're an ugly ducking duckling and we turn you into a swan. And yep. the I've definitely gone down a rabbit hole of how that ruined plenty of lives. Yeah, like oh all of God. ours. Yeah, we watched that as like teenage girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with our parents. Like, this is. I wonder how her like breast implants are going to be. Yeah, thanks yeah. the nineties. Thanks, thanks for heroin chic. Thanks for Kate Moss. Thanks for Fiona Apple. I'm not blaming those girls for being skinny because as a skinny girl, sometimes sometimes people are just of course, skinny. Of course, but that was that was what you were supposed mm. to be. Fuck that. Yo. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, uh, super this, fun. This was supposed to be a light-hearted part. <laughs> 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 Maybe I will do some names. You want to hear some names? I feel like we all need a power yeah, cleanser. Let's do yeah, it. I okay. just think we couldn't jump straight. We had to. We had yeah. to bridge it with uh, disordered eating and yes, religious, additional <laughs> religious abuse. Yeah, <laughs> funny, fun. Okay, guys, 
you guys just keep on keeping on with the names and I love it. And I please don't ever stop. It's also become names in the wild, which I love. Like everyone's mm-hmm. actively looking for them yes. as well as like catching up and being like, oh, I have one. But I love that you're all out there fucking hunting with us too. So yeah, somebody recently messaged us and they're catching up and they were like, well, I don't know if you're still doing the names thing. Oh, yeah, we're still doing the names oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I think this is forever. <laughs> yes, is as long as they keep coming, we're still doing it. Yeah, we could just uh, also do like an edit of each of the name sections of each of the podcasts and probably Seriously. start a new podcast that's just Seriously. Names, names, right? <laughs> yes. So one listener said one of my teachers in high school name was Miss Barr and almost named her candy and her parents almost named her candy and her brother clark (laughs) why didn't you yeah they did not Uh, they did not because it wasn't me i would have done that for sure um we have a dick hammer tonight yeah we do i feel like we might have had a dick hammer before but i always always dick hammer always and a steve moorhead (laughs) (laughs) steve moorhead i see you uh fatty arbuckle somebody brought like i can't believe we haven't talked about fatty arbuckle someone said they worked with the last guy whose last name was perfect (laughs) (laughs) oh my god in michigan there is a highway exit 69 for big beaver road (laughs) yeah there is Was it Dyke Access Road? That Dyke was a very Access. popular one yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. I was like, that's my exit every time. Every time. Um, it was like right between Portland and Olympia, which is just like the lesbian fucking corridor mm-hmm. of the 90s and current times. So that was access a, all the dykes. There you go. Exactly. Um, Mary Tona Cocaine died at 94 and was survived by her husband, Christoph Cocaine. How? I mean, R.I.P. Mary. R.I.P., but how is there a last name? Cocaine. Cocaine. Wow. They must have, like, phased it out at some point because these people were pretty old. Somebody was like... Or it's pronounced, like... Cocaine. <laughs> exactly. That's just how you pronounce cocaine in Spanish, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, there's an island in Denmark called, I mean, essentially LOL land, Lowland, <laughs> LOL land. Uh, there's a town called Middle Fart. <laughs> And the road signs that say fart control with a K, <laughs> control. Oh my god. Uh, and there's a Jack Imhoff. <laughs> and a town in Australia named Fucking. No. And they isn't. sent us multiple photos of them like on a bike tour. Oh posing man. with all the various fucking town signs. I mean, even more than how is there a last name cocaine? How is there a town called a town fucking. Named fucking in uh, Australia in an English speaking country? Because it's Australia. You, you <laughs> sassy minxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know how you are. Too many fosters and you start naming towns. <laughs> and the next thing you know, there's a fucking. <laughs> you little minxes. <laughs> we love you. We really love you so much because you are like one of our strongest listening bases. So, so don't stop listening. Anything else? Um, 
yeah, you guys, we just put out our first episode of The X-Files for the Halloween season. Ooh! So tune in if you like scary stuff. If you don't, don't listen to it. <laughs> That's really good. Courtney is really good at that, and I think I've mentioned before that she should just quit this podcast so she can start that podcast. Just kidding. Please don't quit. <laughs> but it's really good, so go listen to Thank it. You. And Thank then tell her how good it is. Because I have to tell her, she can't like fully believe me how good they are. Mm-hmm. They're fucking good. I am picky about my scary stories, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. These are fucking good. So, listen. Uh, they will pill update. I still love my Lexapro. Like, really, yeah. really love it. Good. Like, really, 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 really love it. Yeah. I think I'm pretty lucky that it's been so effective um yeah it also could be like an accumulation of a lot of things but it it's like night and day yeah it's good to i think i've had a lot of friends who've had very 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 good success with luxapro yes so it's i don't i just can't even i can't believe that i lived the way i did for so long right i yeah my th- my three-year-old just got sick and that's that was a big trigger of my uh-huh. recent anxiety was when my boys were getting sick starting school and then being like terrified of COVID and stuff. Uh, yeah. The three year old got sick the other day. He's got a cold. And it was just sort of like, oh, well, there, uh, let's get some Kleenex. You know, yeah. it was like yeah, normal. normal reaction. Yeah, I paid attention to him because I'm his mother and I love him, but I didn't like have full on panic attacks like I was uh-huh. having. Uh-huh. Um, so just, a, just, I wish I had done it sooner. I, I you know, I've said it before, but if you're feeling like you need it and you're just not really sure about it, give it a try. It's not, you know, if you don't like it, you can stop. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. Do what you need to do to feel better. Yes. Yes. It's, it has changed my life really quickly and, and dramatically. So. Fuck yeah. Yep. I'm motivated. I've got like, I can do stuff. It's weird. So. Good. Yeah. Great. Should we do some shouty outies real quick? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Tracy M. Tracy's a moving on to the big time. She is moving on to them right now. If you want to find her, Tracy, she will be on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much to Poppy Pancake. (laughs) Oh, yep. You knew what you were doing. You knew exactly what you were doing. In parentheses. In parentheses, it says, she says, real name, real surname, surname, and then gives the surname. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) But to you. Probably real first name Poppy, probably. Yeah, I think so. Fuck that. I mean, you win that, all the prizes. Yes. Yep. Yep. If you could see me bowing down, that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Cutest, bestest, cutest. It's very versatile. You can wear it anywhere. You can be a poppy in the club. You can be a poppy at the business lunch. You can be a poppy at the fucking Royal Palace. Seriously. You just it cannot work, lose. Go, take it wherever. Day to night. Yep. Always works, poppy. Yep. Day to night, castle to the the fields <laughs> london underground i don't know <laughs> sadie's just t- going to heroin apparently right. well poppy is from london 
Good job. You knew that. Oh. Yeah. Well, Way to try to divert from your heroin operation. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Thank you so much to Sarah P. Sarah precisely and perfectly approaches her next task, which is saving the world. Yes. And also while running a business. Wow. Like, um, fine deliverables. What is it called? Like a, like a Christie's, like an auction house with Ooh. valuables and things <laughs> that people really want a lot. Yes. While saving so, the world. That's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Very precisely. She's very precise. She's a very canny person is that was that a thing can you be canny if you could be uncanny she's a savvy she's Mm -hmm. a savvy person and you know if you need it done call her she will she she will do it sarah p on the case she's got business cards (laughs) high uh, stock quality paper (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you so much to rachel c rachel C for kind. C for uh, karate chop. C for kite. C for what else starts with a K? Um, kangaroos. I know that's what I thought too, but it's not very good. What else? Uh, um, I mean, God, the worst, worst of the K. My joke is ruined, but you uh, rule. You are better than my joke, and we love you, and we thank you endlessly. Cupcake with a C. <laughs> thank you so much to Melissa B. Melissa Booyah! <laughs> Girl! She, she's doing like a, her arms are scissoring back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like Richard Brandt in the British office. Yeah. <laughs> and then she points. <laughs> like fireworks. Uh, right? Yes. Yep. Thank you, last but not least. Mm. Our first uh, Danish listener. Patreon yeah. listener. It's insane. Supporter. It's, what am I trying to say? So cool. They probably watch Chestnut Man. I'm pretty sure that's Danish. So welcome. Uh, yeah. Thank it's you. Good show. So thanks for, thanks for producing it. <laughs> Thank you for making it happen. Uh, Annette H. Annette H. I love the name Annette. And the last name stands for how you been? <laughs> A little how, how you been? How you been? You're sitting at the bar next to Annette and she slides the drink down <laughs> and you catch it. And then you do a cheers and then you get up and you do a flash mob. You both know the same Shit. dance. A song comes on. What's the song? Probably... Um, yeah, it's definitely the t- song Tequila, Tequila from my favorite movie, <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And you do the tequila dance on the bar. And then you high five, and yeah. then you start a business together, and it's very, very successful. And you also start a charity uh, branch of the business, and you know the rest is just history. You're just His- fucking awesome, Terry. History, Crushing her story, 
her, yes, you. The rest is her story. So we say it like that. Her story. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your support, everyone. Yeah, so much. Thank you so much. So fucking oh cool. I just, I just turned my head funny and full on like snapped my neck out of place. Careful. Okay. Yeah. Careful. Is that all? I think that's it. I got to go eat some pasta. Laura made it for us, Ooh. and I'm hungry for it. And that it's peas. Good. Alfredo with peas. <gasps> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But if you miss us in between episodes, you can go to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram and find us at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, I just updated our YouTube too. Oh, yeah. Not this episode yet because it hasn't happened yet, but uh, go to YouTube if you want to. Look at if you're it. gonna watch, listen, you can stare at a picture of our logo and That's listen right. to it. Yeah, but then I upload and people are like, "Oh, think I'm so glad you're back." No, we haven't gone anywhere. I'm just really mm-hmm. bad at uploading them mm-hmm. to YouTube. So go to like well, Don't listen. Let the people down. I know, I know. I need to get better about it. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, please. Yep. Someone just said we are their favorite podcast of I all time. Know. We, yeah, you're our favorite listener of all time. Seriously. Thank you for saying that. That's a really huge compliment. Yep. There's a lot of podcasts out there if you weren't yeah, aware. there is. I know. Maybe you should go listen to a couple other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, thank you, AJ Bergans, for our music. Thank you so much. And remember... Uh, to put fucking pedophile cult people in jail. Oh my god, Denmark. please don't ASAP. ASAP. Please. ASAP. If you're like, Whatever. list of things to do, police officers that are in charge yep. of these things, put that at the top of your list. Put that right at the top of the list. If there's an, if there, anything I can do to help that process mm-hmm. along, oh, I will do it. Seriously. <sighs> but That's... those of you out there surviving and thriving, you fucking rule, and I'm so proud of you. And Yes. Oy. Yes. Life is hard. You are doing it. Keep doing Kinda it. Kind a bitch. Yep. Nope. So, anyway, we love you guys. Yes. All of you guys so much. 100%. And love. See you next time. Hey, we're going to see you soon. Goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.